Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network. I'm Leah Wetzel, Montana's Peer Network Drop-In Center Coordinator. And I'm here today with a amazing guest. I'm really excited to introduce her to everybody and been waiting to get her on this platform. And I'm pleased to announce we have Mandy Nunez here with us as our new MPN Assistant Director. And Mandy's been interconnected in and throughout MPM for quite some time. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Thanks, Leah. Hi, everybody. As Leah said, my name's Mandy, and I'm the new assistant director here at MPN. And I'm so excited to be a part of this team and a part of MPN in a different way. I have been on the board of directors for MPN for um, a little over three years. I took uh, PS 101 to become certified to get my peer support, become a licensed peer support specialist in 2019 and had the great opportunity to meet Jim. And so I took my peer support training in Crow Agency and I had the most amazing experience. I got to learn so much from them about their culture not what not what history books or other people say about their culture but but from a lot of the native americans that were there taking the class and i got to learn so much from jim about peer support and the recovery movement and advocacy and it just lit this fire kind of this passion inside of me to support others and to honestly to advocate for change positive change in the behavioral health system and to remove barriers and I knew then that I wanted to be a bigger part of MPN and it wasn't long after that that I applied to be on the board and throughout my time on the board I've always wanted to be a bigger part of this organization. And when the opportunity presented itself, I knew that um, I just felt like it was kind of my calling, like it was meant for me. And so I went for it and here I am. I'm so excited to be, to be a part of it. That's beautiful. And I'm so excited for you to be a part of it too. So even when I got my position, I felt like there was a bigger purpose you know, it's kind of a magical thing. And then the whole process of being, you know, going through the interview process. And I just love how Jim does that. And so you get that time to really bond with him. And I see your guys's relationship. And I, I just think I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, I could see 
so many amazing doors open because of this. Like I told you before, I was nervous about coming in kind of in this leadership role because you don't, you don't ever know how you're going to be received. And I didn't, didn't want to be received with that, like, I don't know, fear. I didn't want you guys to be afraid and it's not been that way at all. It's been a super positive experience um, with everybody really since I came on to the company and I'm still learning so much about all the things and there's so much to MPN, so much more than I really knew, which is exciting and overwhelming. Right. But it's, it's been a really good experience so far. I kind of dove in head first and just taking it one step at a time. And, and Jim is amazing. I have a lot of respect for Jim and I admire him and he is kind of mentoring me in a way in this role. I am learning so much from him and everything that he's done to build this organization into what it is. And I've admired Jim for a long time. One of the things that made me want to be a bigger part of MPN um, when I was sitting on the board of directors was how he chose and chooses to run his organization through COVID. The decisions that he made with his staff and with the organization out of a place of such genuine compassion for the people that work here and for the organization itself and for the peers it's just not something that I saw in a lot of other organizations, regardless of what type of organization it is, whether it's a nonprofit or a fast food restaurant or, you know, I, I just didn't, it just touched me in a way that was like, this is something that I want to be a bigger part of. I just got a lump in my throat. Same because some of this work you can get chewed up and spit out real quick, you know? Any type of work, people can get what they need from you and that's that. But this this man has reconnected me with plans and goals that I had and I won't always understand why he's doing something but then when I process it and I see it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. He lives the information that he teaches. And what I mean by that, sitting in PS 101, the training, you know, I mean, a lot of the trainings that I've sat on that MPN provides, he lives those things. He's runs this organization with integrity. He's the same on a meeting with me virtually as the information that he's sharing with other people as he does, you know, it's strategic planning. It's, it all matches and it should, but it doesn't for everybody. Mm-mm. Some people are very, they pay lip service. They're very different with what they say than what, with what they do. And he's not. And that's, encouraging to me that gives me and lots of other people 
whether it be peer supporters in training or you or somebody on the street, that gives us all permission, I think, to bring up our authentic selves and to advocate for other people to bring their authentic selves as well. It's, it's true. It's true. And so tell us, you're in recovery. Tell us a little bit about your own journey, you know, and, and what it took to, to get you to where you are today. Yeah. So it's, it was, it's been a long journey. I have been in recovery for almost seven years and I identify as being in recovery from both substance use and mental health. I have dual diagnoses. About 2015, I was at my lowest. I was incarcerated. I was looking at about 10 years in Montana women's prison. I had multiple felony drug charges. I had been also hit with what they call persistent felony offender, PFO. I'd been hit with two of those. So I was looking at a mandatory minimum of 10 years in prison just for the two persistent felony offenders. That's not including my actual charges that got me the PFOs. I I mean, my life was in shambles. Pretty much any stereotypical thing um, about drug addiction was me. I was homeless. I didn't have any, I I mean, I didn't have anything and I don't just mean stuff, although I didn't have any stuff either. Really. I didn't have any relationships with people anymore. I didn't have relationships with my family members. I didn't have relationship with my kids. I didn't have any real friends. I had destroyed every relationship I had ever had with another human being. Um, in my pursuit of escaping the reality that I found my life in and it was I was actually it's the first time I was ever relieved when I got arrested I was like I anytime before that I like ran or um and I just didn't that last time I just was really kind of relieved that I had the opportunity even though I knew I was going to be sick for a while Um, I'm a recovering opiate addict, so I know like any time I got clean, whether it was intentional or unintentional, there was withdrawal, which is what kept me sick for a long time, was just the pursuit of not having withdrawal. I knew that there was an opportunity I had to not have to live that way anymore. And I was offered the opportunity to be in a treatment court in Billings, felony treatment court. And I jumped at that opportunity and my journey began. I mean, I did 22 months um, in drug court and attended 22 months of treatment before I graduated. I did have one relapse in that time, which is why my clean date doesn't match how long I've been out of jail. I did have one relapse in there, um, which was a really great learning experience for me. 
Um, and after I completed drug court, I, I knew that I wanted to work in this field. And so I actually got a job at Rimrock Foundation, which was who was providing my treatment when I was in drug court. So I actually went back and worked for the company that really helped save me from myself. Um, and I have been there up until I came to MPN. Um, I kind of worked my way up there. I started as an RT and became a manager and I did peer support and I did human resources for a while there. And it was a really, really great experience. I got, I feel like I have a much better understanding of the behavioral health system and all of that. And then also in 2020 during COVID, I came out of the closet as I'm a, I'm a proud member of the LGBTQ community but I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't know that until 2020, but I was unable to bring my authentic self to the table, even in my own life, um, until 2020. And so that changed a lot for me too. coming out as somebody who was already established was really uh, it was a really challenging decision and there was a lot of fear involved in that. Yeah. I get that. Well, I'm honored that you shared, you shared that here today on this space, on this platform seems to be one of those spaces that people do feel real comfortable. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I too can understand the whole how important it is to have our outside meet our match our inside whether like you said whether it's culture spirituality our you know our gender whatever we you know whatever it is whatever it makes that makes us yeah we were talking right before this about being authentic a little bit on here too but um yeah, I really, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, this is, this is a amazing moment because I know within other positions, we're not always able to share our lived experience fully. And I'm really glad that you're able to do that here and that we get to do that together. We're going to be doing a workshop together. And yes. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, I think there is something to be said about, you know, it, it creates a different connection. You know, we're able to connect in, be, uh, in being a woman and what that looks like. And I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity to to share my lived experience and to, you know, share my stories on this platform. I think that, I think that there are a lot of topics and a lot of different things that people can discuss around recovery or substance use or mental health or, and I think that, um, 
you know, women bring something else to the table. LGBTQ brings something else to the table. Being indigenous brings something else to the table. And I think that by having conversations from our lived experience with other people, um, it reduces shame. It allows for us to be our authentic selves, allows us to connect with others on a much deeper, deeper level. It's just really, really powerful. It's really powerful. And I, and I don't think that there are a lot of people having conversations or at least not that I've heard or been a part of right about what 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 does it mean or look like or what did it feel like um you know what's it like to come out as an lgbtq member who's already established um in recovery I'm how old am I (laughs) I, (laughs) I'm I'm with you I'm 39 I'm gonna be 40 in January I'm I'm 39 years old. I came out at 37. It took me a long time to really say out loud. Like, I remember the day that I, like, admitted to myself that I'm gay. Like, I was super struggling everything on the outside looked really good. I was successful in my job. I was very connected in the 12 step community. I had lots of friends and support systems, like everything. I was going to therapy. Everything on the outside looked very much like this is what success looks like in recovery. Mm. And that's true. But I was so unhappy. I was struggling with pretty severe depression So I started to see a therapist to kind of work through some of my trauma because I have a ton of that on board. And then I went and saw my doctor about taking medication for depression. And that was starting to help. And I just got to this place where I was like, something has to give. Like, I don't something's got to give I can't be like what's wrong and I walked into my therapist's office one day and uh I said and I go back a little bit at the time I came out I was married to a man and so I think that played a big role looking back on that internal struggle, why I was so depressed, why, like what I was struggling with was that I wasn't being my authentic self in my own life. And he is a great man. Like there was nothing wrong with him. He was the best man I'd ever had a relationship with in my whole life. And yet I couldn't bring myself to be fully in the marriage we slept in separate bedrooms there was like there was a lot of telltale signs let's just put it that way Mm. Um, and I walked into my therapist's office one day and I'm somebody who kind of like thought I had it pretty much together at least that's how I portrayed myself in a lot of my sessions with her 
Um, and I like walked in one day and I was like distraught and I was like, she's like, Oh, you know, where are we going to start today? And I was like, uh, I have a crush on a girl I work with and I think I'm gay. And she was like, Oh, okay. This is good. We're going to get into the good stuff now. (laughs) And we just like dug really deep and I went kind of through all of all of my thoughts and all of my patterns and all of my feelings and all of the things that made me go, I think I'm gay. And um, we discussed it in depth. And I left the office and I was just like, yeah, like it, it was a relief to say Mm -hmm. it out loud and to finally admit my own truth but I was terrified like how do I all of these people already know who I am I've people know who I am at work people know who I am in the 12-step community how do I go home and tell my husband that I'm gay how do I reintroduce myself as somebody very not very different but very different Like, how do I share that with these communities of people that I've presented a different version of myself to for a very long time? And it was super hard telling my husband that I'm gay and that I want a divorce was the hardest conversation I've probably ever had with anybody. Because I, I did like, I, I care about him. I cared about him deeply. That's why I married him. He was my best friend. But I also, I also deserve the right. Like I deserve the opportunity to live my best life and to be truly happy and to have loving, connected, intimate relationships or a loving, intimate relationship with somebody that I'm attracted to and deeply connected to that that feeds my soul, that I feed their soul. And I couldn't have that with him. And so it started this whole journey for me of true self-discovery in a way that I guess I hadn't fully experienced yet in recovery because I lived so much in the box, Mm. in the box of this is what recovery looks like. And this is what a person in recovery looks like. And this is what society says, a man and a woman. And this is what happiness, you know what I mean? And I lived checking off boxes like oh yep I did that I'm good and so it started this whole new journey for me of like who am I really and what do I want and who do I want to be and how do I want to be and and it happened during COVID which was also very intense um Mm. and also really good I think it gave me the opportunity to really do 
the deep digging that I needed to do. And I spent a lot of time in therapy and therapy was so helpful to me during that time. Wow, Mandy, you're so inspiring. Um, just sitting here listening to you. That's powerful stuff. And people need to hear that, you know. I've never talked about my my sexual preference or my gender identity or anything like that on here. I I have been with both genders before. And so just hearing you you talk, you're just glowing, girl. Like I just really appreciate your words and you know, our listeners need to hear that because there's somebody yeah. out there feeling like that yeah yeah and that's one of the biggest you know we live in Montana we we have one of the highest suicide rates that plays a huge role into it within our youth within our adults um within the world of substance abuse mental health and we do live in a society you know that westernized thought process of something's wrong with me yeah and we live in a very conservative state as well Mm -hmm. I mean I I think we're I think we as a society and and we as a state are I, I think as younger generations are coming up like we are getting more accepting but man I I just yeah, it was it was definitely challenging. And and like you, I think that's a reason why I struggled with whether or not I was gay or not is because I, I have been with women, uh, you know, and men for most of my life. I identified as bisexual for a long time because I had been with both genders. I knew that I preferred women. And that's how I looked at it. I prefer women. But the reality is, is there's a lot more straight men than there are gay or bisexual women. And so it was easier. It was easier to find a man, to be with a man. And I thought for a long time that the reason that I was struggling with relationships with men was because of trauma, because I too have this background of super violent relationships with men where I was the victim of both sexual abuse and physical abuse. I grew up in a home that was super abusive. So I grew up watching a lot of violence. And so that I thought I was having a trauma response. When I went into my therapist's office, I was like, am I gay? Or am I having a trauma response? And we had to do that digging together. And and I, I really think I needed a therapist for that because of the trauma involved. But for a long time, yeah, I just thought I just had bad experiences with men. And that's why I prefer women. But I, I don't actually believe that's a case. Like I can look back for a very long time in my life and I knew somewhere deep inside but I was too afraid and honestly through my substance use 
I'm trying to think of how I can put this in a way that's gentle and appropriate, but also true and authentic. I, my entire goal in my substance use was the getting and using and finding ways and means to get more. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of unsavory things mm-hmm. in order to get my needs met. Oh, yeah. I used my, there, I didn't have anything. My body was the only thing at my disposal to use to get my needs met. And I have a lot of trauma around that too. But I talk about it because I don't feel like I want to carry that shame anymore. And it was easier to get my needs met with members of the opposite sex than it was with members of the same sex. And so I continued to be with men for a long period of time because it was the easiest way to manipulate the situation. And again, ton of trauma because of that or around that, which is a whole different topic of conversation is coping with the trauma that we, I, was both the victim of and the perpetrator of. Like, whole different topic, but great. We're gonna, we're gonna get there, girl. Yes, we will. (laughs) We get deep every time we're on together, and I love that, and I think that this is a amazing introduction to who you are as a person and your beliefs your principles and just authenticity that's I love it and I try to be as authentic not try I just am who I am I went through a lot of years of acceptance Um, I'm still accepting things. My brain injury played a huge part in that to like, I am who I am. You know, sometimes I'm on and sometimes I'm off. And, but I just love life when I'm in sharing space with Jim. I love who I am when I'm around you. And I love the conversations we have. And I'm really excited about sharing this space with you and for our listeners as well these are conversations that I think people need to hear and they want to hear you know and so I'm really grateful to have you on here today do you have any last thoughts or anything you'd like to share before I I just want to say thank you because you also helped create the safe space it's not always easy to have really vulnerable conversations um, and you make it very easy for me to go deep. And I really appreciate that very much. So thank you for, for being who you are and making this a safe space too. This is just the beginning uh, listeners and tune in next week. Every week we do have podcasts. We're going to have more conversation on similar type topics. If you'd like to join us on this platform, if you have some feedback, let us know. Let us know at info at mtpeernetwork.org. And we will see you next week. 
Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.